This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Uh, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning, Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Manly Command Center. Inside studio, Miller-in-law with 50 years experience, the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. Melvin Law won't back down. And we're protected, of course, by crime prevention. We don't worry because we got crime prevention security systems. Contact them at cpss.net. And I want to thank, of course, Maurice T. McDaniel, who sponsors and keeps us up to date on the mugshots, which have 45,000 hits a month. Because people want to know who is doing what to whom and why and where. Well, that's a lot of the story we got to. Golly, I swear to you, you know, I've lived a while and I've come through what's called the psychedelic age. And I call the show today the psychedelic times because, my golly, you know, I can remember the early psychedelic days of Timothy Leary. And uh, uh, let me take you higher. I like that song by Sly and the Family Stone. And. You know, you 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 talk. I mean, come on. I was there. The psilocybin mushroom gig that the hippies all went through that, you know, after they'd take a mushroom milkshake and have go outside and look at the telephone pole and the telephone pole be waving in the wind. I mean, it was a psychedelic times. Tim Leary came to the University of Florida to talk and came over after the talk to my house to hang out with all of us brainiacs and um you know, he knew the answer to the universe. He wore a white wash and wear suit and um, was a very interesting guy, a Harvard professor. But he got carried away with the psychedelic times. And and uh, we had the psychedelic Lucy in the sky with diamonds. You know, it all came tumbling down. And boy, it was a way we stocked the whole bit. And we're right here in Gainesville. We're right here, right this Stupids, uh, where the UFO landed in 1947, by golly, and dumped out the genetic material that has now formed the current, no doubt about it, City Commission of Gainesville. They are absolutely, somebody told me they were smoking crack. I'm just telling you what they tell me. I know they're not. Could they? Well, it's certainly psychedelic talk they've got down there. Let's go that far. Because what is psychedelic? It is disconnected from uh, reality as we knew it, know it through the customer senses, it alters the way in which the senses uh, get uh, interpreted. Uh, the, the raw data gets interpreted by the brain, and it came became obsession in drug study out west at the uh, University of California. Uh, Ken Kesey participated in it. Ken Kesey told me he wrote the opening of a one flew over the cuckoo's nest high on peyote. He and his buddy Brent Wallace who were both psychology majors, 
uh, volunteered for every drug experiment they had out there. You can go read uh, the Mary Prankster uh, story uh, of the bus and all that. And uh, certainly I, I knew Ken Kesey and he came to stay with me in Gainesville when he came. We hung out a little bit. He was a Northwest Coast wrestling champion. And if you haven't read One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, you're missing an absolute masterpiece. Um, and it was um, all done by Ken Kesey and um, partly because of the way in which he saw the world uh, when he was a guinea pig for uh, the drug experiments at uh, California out there in the West Coast, where I still think they're, you know, the same DNA material that got dumped out out there. It's running California right now is, is probably running Gainesville. But I got to hand it to Jennifer Cabara, who wrote about it, published it here in the Lotro Chronicle about the food waste ordinance. Uh, you know, food waste ordinance makes me think of a lot of things. We talk about poverty in this country, okay? Have you ever seen what people weigh who are using whatever the government handout card is now? I can't keep up with it. It used to be, oh, I don't know. It used to be, Ray Stern would know. Um, it is, it is a government handout card of food. It changes its names and, and of course, so. Uh, a good listener here was involved in all that food stamp beep and knows a lot about it. But I always, and this is just anecdotal, and excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I apologize, I apologize, I apologize. But you don't really notice that many skinny people in our country. You don't really notice anybody who's quote unquote real poverty. If you want to see real poverty, you got to go to those drought-stricken areas in Africa or someplace like that and see the hollow eyes of the children, uh, the chest bones sticking out, gaunt stares. That's poverty. We talk about poverty here. We talk, oh, poverty. I don't know, even the homeless or hungry and the houseless standing out on the car, uh, corner with a, a cardboard, he's smoking a cigarette and got a dog quite often. He, his, his clothes might be shabby, but he ain't he ain't falling through them. So it, it is really ironic that the city of Gainesville, the shining city on the hill, this the really this to me is the real story. That they have to pass a food waste ordinance, okay, which requires a mandatory collection of food waste. Now let me let me tell you something. You know, when I was younger and pumping the iron and, and, and trying to be the biggest and the baddest in the gym, which, you know, there's always somebody bigger and badder. But you ate, you cleaned out the buffets, you ate protein shakes, you, you, you know, you did what you, know, you tried to get as a big and, and, and uh, as you could get and as strong as you could get and all of the above and, and shamelessly. OK, and I remember one time a bunch of us from the Iron Palace were over at a buffet and we would attack those things as young manhood specimens that we were and clean out the buffet and a nice lady came along one time who was eating kind of regular proportion I guess in the, in the restaurant said why aren't boys uh, embarrassed people are starving all over the world and one of the really witty members of our group quickly quipped name one well she couldn't name any starving people she just couldn't name one 
So we do, I think, and I dare say this, get more proportions than we need in our foods. I mean, have you taken a look at some of these cheeseburgers, which is I could exist on? I mean, they quadruple stacked with um, hog strips on them, known as bacon and cheese and, and lettuce and you name it. By God, they try to outdo each other to stack her up. Uh, you go in some of these places and you want you have to get a doggy bag, as they call it. And now I think that's going to be kind of looked askance upon by the food waste uh, cops here uh, in this ordinance from the city of Gainesville, the shining city on the hill. So these, these people on the city commission should really call this the diet ordinance, okay? Or maybe the Diabetes Prevention Commission. Uh, here they go and add it the wrong way. Why, sir, why not? I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm quipping a little bit here. I'm having a little fun with this. Don't, don't rush out and tell the restaurant owners that, uh, that Ward Scott said that the, the city commission ought to limit the proportions they give people on their plates. Oh, my God. But, hello, I, how many of you have to buy? I got a friend. I, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. I know he's had weight control problems. He's a big old boy, and he's been way way over three hundred pound. Um, been an ex the ex jock, so he walks home of half his meal. Well, okay, bless him. He's taking home half his meal every time, and he's trying because he'd just blow up over three hundred if he's not careful. So. So why? I mean, well, he's been eating like that all his life. And when you get older, you got to taper down. So I don't know. I think it's rather ironic that we have a ordinance. Do you not know this, by the way, uh, that requiring mandatory collection of food waste, commercially collected residential property owners, and this includes apartment complexes, all these things, <laughs> all these things that you see that on the one hand, the city has approved, I call them egg cartons. You see these six story egg cartons, you know, it's like little containers where you stick eggs, instead you're sticking tenants and you're cramming them in there as tightly as you can and charging more and more rent for less and less space because the construction costs are so high and the land acquisition costs, et cetera, to do this kind of stuff and to pile them up on top of one another. And <laughs> And where's the dead gum food waste going to go? Now, you these let me tell you something about how all this has changed since I came to university. When we came to university, most of us didn't have a lot of money now. And most of us came from some uh, high school in the state of Florida uh, with a gentleman's seed quite often. It was understood that you could go to the university and, and uh, you do quite well on a gentleman's seed. And you could even get a gentleman's university graduate and go out and make millions of dollars and give back to the university. Many people have. And so we didn't have a bunch of high-rise places. We lived in places with space heaters. And if we had an AC, which, my golly, I remember that was a real luxury. You had a winter AC. Um, you know, and you didn't, you didn't go out and have discretionary money 
to go to some fancy restaurant. And, you know, you look up now and you see the college students going out. And by the way, when they go out, they're dressed to the nines. They're driving a nice car. Um, they've got uh, the ubiquitous phone with them, which they've always got their nose in. And um, they all ready to go. And they go out and eat. And they, don't, they don't flinch a bit. And on top of that, when their parents come to town to take them out, their parents take them to a place where they easily going to spend easily without any pause a C note before they even get warmed up. And what's the correlation between test scores at the university and affluence? I can tell you right now what the correlation is, and you can go check it out. The higher the entrance test score requirements, the wealthier the student, period. You know, there ain't that many brainiacs in the world. People was just raw, native, pure tea intelligence. Most of them have been tutored and coached and tested and pre-tested and taught to test. And they've got learn how to do all this and get the scores. And they've got affluent parents behind them. It's not racial. It can be. It can be, but by, by the way, you, you take a look at the, the local scholars here, by the way, and it ain't none of them native to our country except one lady, one young lady. The rest is all, uh, you know, uh, Indian, uh, India, all that business. But we don't have that as a quality here, okay? We don't have academic excellence as a quality. You're known as a nerd here if you have academic excellence. So, the correlation here is the better the grades of the average American student, I'm not talking about these kids who are really smart, uh, the better the family and more the money. And you can test it. I talked to a restaurateur the other day and uh, on graduation weekend, uh, the restaurants are packed and uh, they are eating at the top dollar restaurants and eating the top dollar fare. That's the way it works. So, other end of this continuum, how much do these people waste and leave on their plate? That's an interesting uh, idea because I am back taking, uh, working out with the tennis pros on the court, and I have a, a pro who uh, teaches me each weekend, I'm really very fond of, who is very politically astute, uh, very much connected, listens to the show, um, and has told me that Ward suggested to me that Warden, he said, you can use this on the show. We don't suffer from systemic racism in this country. We suffer from systemic narcissism, okay? I had to bow to my tennis pro coach and say, that is excellent, I'm gonna steal it. And he said, no, you don't have to steal it, I give it to you. And, and, and so there it is, I think he's onto something. We don't have systemic racism. We don't, we have systemic narcissism. People doing what? Putting themselves ahead of everybody else. And so if I order the biggest plate well, if I order what's on the menu and a whole bunch of whopping food comes and the restaurateur is trying to make sure that I come back by giving me a healthy plenty because they know from the data who's eating in the restaurant, 
uh, then uh, they have catered to that economic group, have they not? And that economic group is driven by instant pleasure, uh, instant gratification, according to the suggestions from my good friend, the tennis pro. And it's all about them. Now, when, that means when you get up and leave, unless you're like my old jock buddy, who is miserly, uh, then, you you know, he, he boxes up half because he doesn't want to waste that nickel. But a lot of people just get up and walk out and so be it. And, you know, I used to work in food service. I was a, um, I, I was, a, it's not really quite normal because I worked at a missile factory and I was the uh, assistant to the, I was the, the assistant to the executive chef. But I saw food. I saw, you know, what happens to food. And so it's interesting that cure all, be all and end all uh, uh, communist commission here we have wants to take care of food waste and has mandated it shall be the great one cubic yard of food waste or more per week. And you're required to uh, uh, get a separate food waste out of the waste stream. Uh, you shall separate the food waste from the waste stream. I never, you know, I learn something every day. Waste stream, waste stream. Okay. Now I went down to look at the comments and I want to indulge myself and you a little bit in the comments. There are 18 comments as of the, of the publication of the Chronicle I've got here. And these are, I think they're really interesting. Go back to the day in 1947 when the DNA hit by the lake of the stupids. Um, here we go. I'm, just, I'm not going to read the names of the people, but I'm going to read the comments. Golly, more help for small business businesses from our overlords. Um, another one. Right on, sir. There must be some hidden payout scheme for something this weird. Maybe that's why most city commissioners don't have jobs anymore. Quit or, or weren't willing to work so they could receive only 40K salary. <laughs> that's what they get. 40K. From being, huh? They get a lot for being a part-time commissioner in the city. And they want to, they vote themselves the raises. Um, here's the next comment. What is to stop homeowners and restaurants from dumping all food down garbage disposals? Uh, I thought maybe that's what, it, so I guess there's no such things as garbage disposals anymore. Um, or get a, for, they don't put that in the, hey, they don't get that in the, in the ordinance. If you've got food waste, get a dog. Or, you know, get animals and throw it over the fence to them. Come on. But you can't have them dogs and them egg crate high-rise rentals, right? Um, <laughs> this is funny. What's quite evident by these commissioners is the waste of human reproductive abilities by their parents. They should have practiced birth control. <laughs> oh, golly. Oh, golly. And, and, and here's somebody who says, is somebody smoking something to think this can be enforced will work and will actually help anything except maybe the contractors who have been tipped off to sell the city approved containers? Oh, God. Oh, my golly. Only in the shining city on the hill by the lake of the stupids. Uh, uh, <laughs> is this an acknowledgement that the Biden administration policies have caused so many problems? that we now have to make sure that no food is ever wasted, ever wasted. Maybe they will pass an ordinance requiring that any extra milk from a dog with puppies must be extracted daily and given to starling, starving babies 
who have no baby formula. Wow, there's a psychedelic answer. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, golly. And, you know, this, of course, uh, is from a, a well-known person in the community who says local restaurants will be hit hard as they've already struggled to make a profit in the inflationary economy, the COVID lockdowns, the government caused labor, the government caused supply chain shortages. Oh, boy, good, well stated. Oh, well stated. <laughs> oh, uh, and this is kind of a funny. How do we enter for any change with blue-haired generics and their frail, bespeckled professor muddlings to adopt anything other than the ultra-liberal democratic code? That's kind of interesting because all these comments are coming from an ultra-democrat conservative, I mean, liberal community like the city of Gainesville. It's crazy, man. My golly, it's crazy. Um, uh, let me see a couple of more. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, they're not satisfied just bankrupting GRU and losing their cash cow. They're not satisfied with a debt chart like Pikes Peak. Uh, they are in denial of the recent state audit. Um, Governor DeSantis, please step in and save Alachua County. Uh, it has these reckless disregard for election laws and regulations. There you go. Oh, my golly. Isn't that something? Isn't that really something? Um, <laughs> I tell you what. It is, uh, it is uh, only in the shining city on the hill uh, would you ever bump into this kind of stuff. Now, right on the heels of this craziness, uh, you know, we have a police chief who comes in and pleads that I can't control the violence in this town anymore. It's out of control. Now, once upon a time, I used to live downtown, hang out downtown. I don't ever remember gang fights downtown. I don't remember shootouts downtown. I don't remember any of that stuff. That's what we are. It's the status quo now. That's the status quo. Downtown violence. We're not just talking about somebody saying, hey, you, what do you oh, hey, hey. We're talking about somebody yanking out a gun, which is no doubt stolen and no background check has been done for it. But we want to maintain control over the licensed gun owner. Yeah, we want to make sure that guy is gun, his gun taken away. But the guy who doesn't give a dang. See, this is the folly and thinking that a criminal has the same character as a regular person. This is the folly of Kramer's little epistle which he published yesterday, which he's going to end on today, for God's sakes, in a press conference at two o'clock today, I guess from the courthouse steps. What a pandering move that's gonna be. I'm gonna get into that in a little bit. What a pandering move. You know, are you kidding? Go downtown, Kramer. Strap on two six guns on your hips. Make them revolve. I don't care. Get, get, whatever. And mix and mingle when the bars let out and see if you can slug it out with these guys down or shoot it out with these guys down there. And see if any of them a damn about your VA program. And, you know, the VA program is pandering. Several people have told me that already. You've looked at it. I mean, comments have been pouring my way about what, what is the guy. You know, that's why I call today the psychedelic times. Are all these people, you know, what are they, what are they, is it mushrooms? What is it that's doing it to this community? 
that they're so disconnected and so full of themselves. Is it, is it systemic narcissism? What is it? There's something wrong, something ill in the community. And they don't know they're ill. So here we got this. Listen, these felons not only have a, quite often, and I can show you this with the case of the ones coming back, they have a string of misdemeanors as well, but the law doesn't speak to misdemeanors. I mean, a string of them. Some of these rap sheets are a couple pages long. So our young state attorney is going to create a V8 program. And let me get this straight. One of these guys with a rap sheet two pages long is going to call up the state attorney and say, Mr. State, you know, God knows if you're a criminal, you want to stay as far away from that dude as you can. You're going to call him up and say, Mr. State Attorney, you know why they're not going to call? Because they liable to find more. Do you understand that? Okay, I'm Brian Kramer. I'm a state attorney. You call me up. You're a felon. And you say, Mr. State Attorney, would you check out and see if I paid all my fines, restitutions, all this kind of stuff. Huh? And guess what? I call you back and say, that's a fault. That's a fart. Back. Uh, hey, man, not only have you not paid, I found more we didn't know about. That's why the felon ain't going to call the state attorney. I mean, come on, these aren't people coming from good homes, you know. It's pandering. It's all it is. Meanwhile, downtown violence is out the yin-yang. We're not going to stop there, by the way. We're not going to stop there. Southern charm, all these, this, this one proprietor has bellied up several times trying to start a restaurant in East Gainesville. It ain't going to happen. And we know it. This guy, bless his heart, we watched, we were onto this, the words God follows, we watched him beg the vulnerable Gainesville Commission, which had G.G. Simmons on it at the time, to give him one more chance to have a successful restaurant in East Gainesville. And they bit into it. I think they gave him some money from a pot of money that to do with helping out the folks and all that. The guy had a track record of failure after failure after failure, so much that the courts ordered that, you know, he'd pay up and label, you know, the whole thing, it's in the article. And yet they gave the guy, and it, it bellies up. You know, you're not going to have any business in East Gainesville when you have roving gangs. And by the way, this program at Lonnie Scott, we're going to go in, we're going to sit in, the we're going to send some people in to talk, to talk to them. They making money, buddy. Are you going to give them a substitute job where they can make money? They're making off the street, off the drugs. They're making money. That's what they're having to do. And we're going to get into what's behind that, hopefully, if i got time in the show. Because you see, I'm a scholar. I study these things. I study them. I'm interested in these issues and I pass them along to you, my students. And you're able to chime in. You're part of the research team. Uh, you know, 
you have an opportunity to correct me if I'm wrong. But what I'm finding is all this bull roller, you know, I don't know what it is, whether the IQ is not high enough to look and, you know, look deeply into things or whether they're too lazy or they don't know how or, but there's something really badly missing. And that's why I call it the psychedelic times. Investments, uh, downtown violence, more regulations. You know, it, it, it just doesn't make any, any sense. It, 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 none of it mean. And meanwhile, a horrible financial situation where not only can the independent auditors not go in and find out how bad the situation is, they, they, they can't because the city doesn't have any records of what they spent the money on. It's that bad. And meanwhile, you got these eggheads, like how the boy named Lauren. I mean, I'm, I am so tired of eggheads, people with college educations telling everybody else what to do. I mean, it ought to be a law against it. They're all eggheads. They all think that they know better than everybody else. And they're going to try to fit a round peg in a square hole. They're going to cram a business in East Gainesville. There ain't nothing going into East Gainesville. Until the culture, I've been saying this, presents a bad image. I, don't, I, I know how that works, but we're going to get into it. I'm going to let Jason Riley tell you that in a little bit. Well, we're at the bottom of the hour. I'm looking at the comments here. Let me see. Um, but anyway, this, this courthouse step V8 announcement today, I mean, you're smart enough to figure that out yourself. And besides, it's the job of the clerk of the court and the supervisor of elections to provide that service. That's what they're being paid for. If I were the felon, I wouldn't call up the supervisor of elections because she's going to say, well, it's not my job. She's already said that. OK, I'd call up the clerk of the court. At least that guy can't prosecute me. If the clerk of the court looks up and sees as he's looking to see what I've paid, that I've got more things, he ain't going to prosecute me. But if I call up, not yet drive behind the ears, and he inadvertently stumbles across something I ain't, he didn't know about, well, then I'm in a dilemma. And after all, professional criminal, all you have to do is look at my rap sheet. Doing time is part of my resume. And to go to these places, it's like going to advanced school of crime. You learn from the others there how to do things. And besides, I can get in prison, I can get on the streets. Why do I care? Plus, I get fed. Plus, I get housed. So I can go out for a while. I'll be back. It's all part of doing cost of doing business. I don't have any feelings. I really don't. There's nothing really sensitive about me. 
I talked to some of the cops about some of these young kids now toting guns and shooting each other. They don't have any feelings. They did. They don't. They, they're. They, their, their hearts died a long time ago. If you want to understand how this works, go read The Painted Bird by Jerzy Kaczynski. Go read The Painted Bird by Jerzy Kaczynski. And you will understand how these young guys get to be this way. Be right back on the Word Scott Files. This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page, or call my friend, Freddie, at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, Thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here going through some of his research with you and sharing it with you and giving you my interpretation of what the research means. Checking my comments here on face chat here, face chat, uh, Facebook chat. Um, Tim Martin asks, how often do these people have still have pending charges, much less unpaid restitution? Um, you can take a look at that on the rap sheets that the guys are bringing back from the state prison to jail here. And you can probably you know, get a feeling for that. Um, these um, issues are um, um, pretty generally so all over. I want to tell you what I started me thinking a little bit more about this. The New York Times, which is a notorious liar, uh, they've did untruths and claimed they were true. Um, they're a leftist paper. Uh, they... Um, Many of my colleagues at the college think it's the Bible. They read um, the New York Times. They'll call me up and they'll say, did you ever see what was in the New York Times? And I'll say to them, yes, but it was in the New York Times. And they don't, they don't know what I'm talking about. And these are people that I taught with at the college. They're bright people, good people, but they're naive. And they, they really don't know 
I, I guess they have no reason to look. See, that's one of the things that keeps me going on this show. I don't make any money. You know, can't, you know, sponsors are afraid because of the, it's the woke and all that. And, you know, so the sponsors I got, you darn sure better think of them and patronize them on the spot cleaners and all these people. They are great people and, and, and style cuts, great people. Shoot GTR, went out to the range yesterday, had a wonderful time. Um, really uh, uh, practicing my skills out there with a great new acquisition. Um, crime prevention, great people, home-owned business. Um, you know, you, you got to use these people because these people are not afraid to come out and publicly uh, support me and you in our attempt to get the truth. And I really respect those who donate. I don't go begging. I'm not very good at raising money. I'm not very good at selling advertising. I'm not do, I don't do it. I can't, I'm not very good at it. You know, and th therefore, that's not my, I'm, I'm a thinker. I'm not a salesman. I can be a salesman if I want to be, but I'm a thinker. I'm a reader. Uh, I need somebody to take care of me in that respect and to look after me and kind of be an agent. I don't really promote myself. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's, it's not my calling. It's not my role. All right. Um, so I got to thinking about some things that the New York Times put out. Boy, you know, every time there's one of these crazy situations where somebody does what this kid did in Buffalo, New York, right away, it's all a white supremacist conspiracy. Um, I don't know anybody who is white that I, and I know a lot, who would go do that. I do know and I'm, I've talked about it So people who threatened to burn the jail down, threatened to blow it up. Go take a look at it. I got a screenshot of it. Not, not a white person. Not a white person. Okay? But yet, the New York Times is going to make it out, going to fan the race flames, are going to create the fear, you know, get, get everybody really frightened. And now there's an article that's come out in the New York Times. Here we go. Here we go. The Buffalo killings are part of a pattern. A pattern. A pattern. Most extremist violence in the U.S. comes from the political right. It's a headline in the New York Times. And then it has in bold print. Numbers don't lie. So I got to thinking, let me look at the numbers, and here are the numbers, and they're in the article. Over the past decade, now decade, my friends, you know, it's 10 years, the Anti-Defamation League has counted about 450 U.S. murders committed by political extremists. Of these 450 killings, right wing, by the way, I've been labeled right wing, extremists committed about 75%. Islamic extremists were responsible for about 20%. And left 
wing extremists were responsible for 4%. That's 10 years. Okay. Do you know where Auburn Gresham is? Let me look and see if anybody knows. Oh, they're off down Psychedelic Lane here, remembering their days when they were hallucinating, I guess. But Auburn Gresham. Auburn Gresham is a community in Auburn Park, which is a community in Chicago. Okay? Auburn Gresham is on the south side of Chicago, the span area from 75th to 91st Street. I looked this up. It's in the Chicago Tribune. And 96% of Auburn Gresham, and this is according to data, from the Chicago Metropolitan Agency for Planning, 90% of Auburn Gresham is African American. Let's just say black. Okay. 96%. All right, you got that in your homework there? Got that in your notes? Remember you use your notes during the test? Where do you think the most murders in Chicago, let me get it up, side data, have been, first two don't count, Well, Russian. In 2021, the city of Chicago, which is basically the south side, and in that south side is Autumn Gresham. In one year, this New York Times quoted 10 years. In one year, there were 800 killings. Seven hundred ninety-seven people were slain in 2021, which was 25 more than 2020. The number of people slain. So far in Chicago at this date, and this is May 2022, one year, 204. Now, let's stop a moment. Why are you watching this show? Hopefully to learn how to examine yourselves. 
what is the New York Times trying to do? By saying in 10 years, there have been 400 and some murders, deaths, killings, and in of those by right-wing extremists. The implication being those which they kill were all black. Here, you can dig deeper. Out is black killing black. There are more black killing black in two years in Chicago, there are 10 years of white extremists killing black. Now you, I'm looking to see who my rocket scientist is out there. Is there somebody out there who is with me on this? Do you know your mathematics? Do you know how to do statistics? Do you just know how to think? Let me run those numbers by you again. 204 so far in Chicago, of which is shown right here in the, in the Autumn Gresham area, which is 96% black. It's far going to surpass what was last year. Easily have more than 10 years of black deaths, if that's the case. Because you got the Islamics mixed in there, remember? The Islamics could have been killing whites. So you probably have fewer numbers of blacks in 10 years. And there's a graph here. Big, it's where I, my research is right. Auburn Gresham leads all community areas with the most homicides so far in 2022. And then it gives you a map of where every one of them occurred. Very interesting. Well, it's interesting to some dollar. Now, that further and piqued my interest. I went over to Baltimore. Huh? And I'm just dealing now with two cities, okay? The data that the New York Times quotes is coming from all of America. In all of America, in 10 years. And yet from that data, they are willing to suggest that the problem is white people. They even now are starting to talk about and write about something called the replacement theory. I've never even heard of it until I just came up and I started studying. It's crazy. It's psychedelic. It's being printed and perpetrated on mankind by these liberal papers and media outlets. Please, for crying out loud, keep coming to class and keep learning to think. In Baltimore, are you ready? Are you got your notebook out and your pen? 
We have the homicides in Baltimore since 1993. And then 1993, there were 353. So we got more now than in the highest peak in 93. And they're all writing and talking about how this is going to be the bloodiest summer yet in Baltimore. And at the end of the day, they say, in these Baltimore publications, they're going to see more people die in Baltimore than ever before. And you can go Google or whatever you want to do, whichever search in, whatever, drive there, whatever, get the data from Baltimore, just those two cities, Baltimore, in just one year. And yet we're being asked to believe and panic and Biden, who is absolutely the worst we've ever had for doing this, stands up there and exploits this lie and data. The data shows you. And starts hollering about how we got to get gun control. It's not about gun control. It's not about gun control. Don't you don't you agree? You don't have to agree. Wouldn't you think? Now, Jason Riley, who is a thinker. And I've always enjoyed learning from thinkers. You know, I enjoy being around bright people. And reading what they think. Jason Riley has written, and I pulled this out of the Midnight Auto Yard. And I would never have thought of this. You know, that's why I read other people, because they expand my thinking. The U.S. abortion rate has actually declined in recent years to about half of what it was in the early 1980s. But that's not what interests Riley. He compares the white women abortion rate to the black women abortion rate and comes up with a really interesting conclusion. You know, comparison is the first rhetorical strategy we teach in composition. Because most people compare. They do it when they go to the store and they compare the price of the item in one store to the price of the item in another store. And they already are calculating in their minds and they're working comparison. So we start with that rhetorical strategy. Now, Clarence Thomas, who now believes that the institution of the Supreme Court is dead, you'll never, ever be able to trust anybody 
clerks on up, janitors, anybody anymore. Listen, I'm going to tell you how strict security is, background checking and all to get around. Let's just take Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas came here to the University of Florida Law School. One of my friends says, oh, Ward, you ought to go by and listen to him, which is true. I could not get within the parking lot. I couldn't get anywhere near Clarence Thomas. I had to be on a pre-approved list. I had to be background. I would have had. I would have had to have been. Boy, that's an interesting verb conjugation. I would have to have been. That is a conditional present perfect tense. I would have to have been. In the passive voice, man, that's interesting. I would have to have been on a an approved list. See, it's passive voice because you don't know who approved it by, let's say, by authorities to even get anywhere near Clarence Thomas. And you got a leak inside the Supreme Court and you don't think they don't have security clearances? Somebody needs to have a whooping. Ain't gonna happen. Justice Clarence Thomas, in a 2019 abortion case, observed, this is in Riley's column, that there are areas of New York City in which black children are more likely to be aborted than they are to be born alive and are up to eight times more likely to be aborted than white children in the same area. I'm sure you didn't know this. But we ain't to the conclusion yet. In a case study in Pennsylvania, 23.9% of white deaths, which are abortions, call them deaths, that's what they are, deaths. 23.9% of the white deaths, and there were 62.7% for black. Jason Riley says, and he is black, and he is, I don't care if he's green, he is a brain, okay? Nationally, the number of babies aborted by black women each year far exceeds the combined number, are you ready for this? Of blacks who drop out of school, who are sent to prison, and who are murdered. And we had the murder rates. Black women abort significantly higher rate than even Hispanics. And so why Riley, with the inquiring mind, he wants to know what is behind this, and I'll bet you can't guess. Give you a second here. Of course, I'm behind you. I bet you can't guess. Are you ready? A single woman with a quote-unquote unplanned pregnancy is about twice as likely as a married woman to abort. 
So writes Richard, Ralph Richard Bank, who wrote a book called Is Marriage for White People? It's a wonder it's not been banned. Black women thus may have so many more abortions than other groups because they are much less likely to be married. Black women have more abortions, far more likely to have them than their white counterparts. Why? It's not the black poverty rate. It is the black married couple rate. Got nothing to do with poverty. Got nothing to do with poverty. Black married women have a far less rate of abortion than black unmarried women who by far outnumber the black married women. And Riley says, why isn't anybody talking? Why all these liberal lefties? Why aren't they promoting the institution of marriage? I got to go back to my tennis pro statement because we have systemic narcissism. We don't have systemic racism. We have systemic narcissism. Why isn't the left, Jason Riley asks, focusing on how to increase black? That is the number one question. I think if you all out there have a student studying sociology or, or criminology, whatever they do, go study how many of these gangs in this neighborhood, in this city, Shining City, on the hill by the Lake of the Stupids, how many of these young males, what kind of home or housing, or more importantly, is there a father? And come back and I will gladly entertain that essay. I'll be very interested in that research. Go write that research paper. I'd love to hear it. Warthog Command Center out.